Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, all right, here we go. Cofield and Company back at home on Fridays. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, Adam Hill will be along at some point uh, in just a couple minutes. Big show on the way today. We're getting ready for the final preseason game for the Raiders. Other preseason games around the National Football League. Uh, very important for college football fans. Week zero is here. So that's cool. We got, uh, I think, four UNLV opponents playing over the next couple of days, so a chance to scout some of those teams. But uh, plenty to get to, plenty left on the cutting room floor all week long. So jam-packed show here on a Friday, and two of our former NFL player insiders will be with us later in the show. Stanford Route, the former Raider. And coming up in about 25 minutes, Mark McMillan, the former Eagle and uh, developing food TV stars with us. Damon, what's going on, buddy? I'm not much excited that it's Friday. Why are you excited it's Friday? I mean, the weekend. I think I'm going to start a fast. I'm going to do what the rich people do and just do, like, the not eating for the weekend. Jack Dorsey, you know, the creator of Twitter, now X, he's, he does that. So, you know, just trying to get some good vibes going. That's what you're excited for is the fast for the weekend? Yeah. You know? Well, this, this show has a <laughs> l- lot of different characters because big fellas on the show ain't fast at anything. That's not going to happen this weekend. There's no way. Um, all right, well, let's... Let's speak of a big fella, and I just wanted to send out another warning to our uh, brother over on Comp, kind of, and also on ESPN. Uh, we love him. We like to heavily promote his show. It's always about cross-promotion on Cofield and Company. Uh, teamwork, pushing the other folks in the building. Uh, Salerno does the arena. That's a two-to-three show. Easily our best lead-in of the week to Cofield and Company. Two-to-three show on Wednesdays. So things started about a month ago where it really goes further back than that. Salerno kept saying that he could beat a WNBA player. Um, I usually do the estimate of height and weight. um, And since former President Donald Trump kind of set a new standard yesterday, are we going with Salerno at 6'3", 215? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, man. No, because we have to tip the scales and at least say 250 with Salerno. I would guess that Salerno is 70 pounds north of Donald Trump's real weight. Um, so the so I went on a show about three weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, you're not going to beat anyone uh, in the WNBA. So, And I said, in fact, you're not going to beat anyone on this team, and, and this team, this show. And then I got a little warning that all of us should heed as well as Salerno, and that is, I don't even know how this one started. Another one of these, hey, I can beat you. I guess it was kind of a joke. I can't believe Kevin Hart was taking this seriously, but he was. Who did Kevin Hart try to challenge to a foot race? Former running back Stephen Ridley. I think he played for the Patriots, but that doesn't matter. I think Stephen Ridley, did he just retire, Adam, last year? Did he retire in the offseason, or has he been gone? I feel like it's a little longer than you think. Okay, so how long has he been out? Three years? I I didn't even look it up. It's been a little bit. Not long. He's not 35 years old. He didn't play that long in the NFL. No, I think that's part of what Stephen Ridley was saying to Kevin Hart. Like, Bro. hey, man, because Kevin Hart, his whole claim to fame of, of 
athleticism among his friends, and I've heard this before from some comedy podcasts, is that he's extremely fast. I'm very fast. I'm a great athlete. You know, I couldn't right, I, play I, basketball I, very well, but I'm very fast. I get, Ridley, I, and Ridley I, I get, said, I get that, yeah. Ridley said, yeah, there's differences. You're yeah. fast for a comedian. Yes. Like, you're not NFL right. fast. You, just because you took down Burt Kreischer one day. Yeah. Relax. Or, you know, John Panette keeled over. Well, even rest, more. I know, way, rest in peace. Yeah. I know his, uh, his old basketball buddy is a Big J Okerson. Yeah. Okay. Who, I mean, again, not, not a great athlete. Um, Stephen Ridley, NFL player. Done in 2018. Okay. And he's 34 years old. Yeah. So, good, good luck. My, my guess is that our guy, Stanford Rout, who was just passing 40, might be able to beat Stephen Ridley. Because Stanford I was like so. a freaking world-class sprinter. But for Kevin Hart to challenge anyone who's played in the NFL who's under 70, dude, what are you doing? And then the outcome of the race was not only a loss, but a wheelchair, come on. Yeah, he tore his abductors. So, basically, his abdomen <laughs> oh is gone. You know, which, which, think about this. We've got a guy in our station group who is 6'3 and 215. Um, probably really 5'11, 400. So am I. Um, Adam, Adam is also 6'3, 215. We all are. The whole world yeah, is. The whole, everyone is. Um, we've got a guy who's challenging professional athletes who is woefully out of shape. Like Kevin Hart is like a little bodybuilder. And I, I wouldn't doubt that he takes whatever he needs to take to look really good. And somehow he suffered a devastating injury? Well, that could be part of it, though. You think? You get more injury prone. You recover quicker, but I think you get more injury prone. You think he's going to be under There's more muscles and is, things to hurt. That's a good point. That's a good point. So that so, could be a factor. So uh, rip Kevin Hart. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive. But uh, rip any sports challenges, or do you think he does this like four years down the road? RIP his abductors. <laughs> that's not good. And his mobility. Can you act with a torn abductor? I think you can. I don't. Even, what is an abductor? I don't think I have one. Well, he can. I mean, he can probably play different roles now. Wheelchair, like wheelchair bound. Just a whole movie sure. on crutches. He'll probably figure out some way to make oh, he comedy will. gold oh, out you, of it. You think he's going to miss a movie? No, there's no, no. There's, there's absolutely no. He needs way. to pay for his medical bills now. He's got to do another one. That's a good point. Very good point. Oh no, I just looked it up. It's right at the hip. Oh. So it could just be like a Bo Jackson situation where he can never walk correctly again. <laughs> Poor Kevin Hart. Man, yeah, he might be in that wheelchair for a while. Oh, well, that's too bad. It's a very low center of gravity. That Less, might help. I don't think it matters. No, he's 6'3". He is 6'3", 215. Yeah. Kevin Hart, you, me. It's weird. Me as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> the beginning of the week, we got crap over saying that DeMond was 5'9". And now by the end of the week, he's 6'3". 6'3". I think everything's acceptable. All right, so we had uh, final preseason games last night for four teams. And the Steelers were out there, and you know Mike Tomlin played. Some of his guys, Pickett was out there. I think he was like four for four. Uh, we know for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is going to play in a preseason game for the first time since 2018. So Robert Sala is going to roll that dice a little bit. Um, I want you to listen to Tomlin here. I, I think someone phrased a question a little bit oddly, so uh, here's what he says. <laughs> I don't really need validation. I just think it's difficult to box without sparring. And, and so, you know, preseason is an opportunity for us to spar and sharpen our sword for the battle. You like that one, huh? Good coach speak. Come on. Excellent. He went from boxing to sword fighting. That was nice. Foot, football is more than a game, okay? It's, Did he say it's hard to box without sparring? Yep. Yeah. So you're on board with this because I know you were very against any starters ever playing ever, ever, ever in the preseason. 
and more teams have gone back to it. And even the Raiders did. And uh, One series. Well, but Josh McDaniels, he said, he admitted, he's like, I learned from last year that maybe this is needed. Yeah, and apparently Garoppolo kind of went to bat to say, hey, look, we need to get in there. And the new quarterback, new system, all those things, uh, I think it makes sense. Now, the, the thing is, I am very much supportive and, and a believer in the joint practices being actually where you get things done. For those that don't understand that, you have you have joint practices with other with other teams, and you can set up the entire day. So in a preseason game, you might keep a, a starter in for three quarters, and they get like two red zone reps. In joint practice, you can do twenty red zone reps in five minutes. Like that's where actual practice gets done. You go ones versus ones, scripted situations. Hey, we understand we need red zone red zone opportunities. Here we go. We need two minute drive. Here we go. We can do eight two minute drives in five minutes. Like we can do that. We can get that done, and that's where you can get a lot of reps, and you get one on you know ones versus ones and good versus good out there. That's where a lot of work gets done. But yeah, I think that in terms of putting the uniform on, getting out in the stadium, looking around, seeing the crowd, that sort of thing. Like yeah, I think that there's a benefit to it on some level when it's a especially a whole new you know set of circumstances for somebody. Do you find it unusual? You just mentioned the you just mentioned the unusual set of circumstances. Or new circumstances. Do you think it's weird that Aaron Rodgers, because this is a Rodgers decision, do you think it's weird that Aaron Rodgers is going to play a little bit? Uh, no, I mean for him, it's also a new a new situation. Uh, I I feel like he's probably not going to play much. No, like I doubt they play into the third quarter or anything. No, like, no, they probably no. only play the first quarter, if not the first drive. But I think it's the same thing. Just get out there and hey, how's our communication going to work? How's that going to work? That, that's the biggest thing that the Raiders talked about after the game. Jimmy Garoppolo was like, yeah, we you know, we do this in practice, call the plays, get the communication, get to the line of scrimmage, but we haven't done it in a game setting. Let's let's try that. Let's work on that. That was important for them, and I, I think that's probably what the Jets are thinking too. If I were Rodgers, I'd want to be out there. There's a little bit of a risk, but, but this is going to be the risk all season. I'd want to be out there with my offensive lineman well, to get a feel for I wouldn't. what could be happening. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be out there. I'd want to play I mean, as few snaps as possible behind them. Make or break. I hope it's not make or break tomorrow. I hope it's not break tomorrow against the Giants. But better chance than there is make. Uh, that, that's the, that is that is the problem. Really, we talk about the little benefits you can get. It really is just break and break only. Like it's not make or break. It's break. Hopefully not break. Like that's that's the the trade off that you're looking at. That's why it's it's silly in most cases to play much. But I don't think a drive is going to be the worst thing in the world. Uh, coming up, Raiders are taking on uh, Dallas. That's tomorrow in a 5 o'clock start, so we'll get the latest from Raiders camp and the goals in this final preseason game from Adam Hill. We're live here at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Come on down. Great special with the fish and chips, and you get to keep the glass. You get a beer in that glass, so uh, get on down here. Happy hour. 55-plus TVs. The book is right here. There's betting kiosk as well. They're open 24-7. Yesterday, Tua Tungvaluwa had to answer questions about something I said on Monday, something that I truly just felt like was a joke to me, that I realized as the week has gone on, if this man has to answer questions about it, if so many Miami Dolphins fans are offended by it, then people ain't taking it as a joke. If I've offended you, Tua, if I've hurt you, if I've disrespected you, if anybody that supports and loves you feels some sort of way because of what I said, I truly apologize. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. All right, rolling on Friday. Here we go, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We are back every Friday. We'll be here Saturday, of course. We have to throw the flag with... I'm going to say Gooch. 
with Lindsay and Magnum. And my guess is we'll have uh, back-to-back and a belly-to-belly with the Hawaiian shirts. What do you think? I do trim my beard. Strong. Yeah. So back-to-back. 9 to 11 on Saturday mornings. But we're here 3 to 6. We got some cool giveaways. Come on down. Parking's always free. Valet is free. TI is very cool. And this sports bar, in terms of the memorabilia, is insane. They've always got good specials. They've got 25-plus beers on tap and uh, got the fish and chip special going down on these Fridays. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. All right, so let's get into it. We have a lot of stuff to hit with the Raiders. We'll get to Josh Jacobs a little later on. We'll get to the wide receiver room as well, some possible trades. That could be Jacobs, too. So Wait, Jacob, Jacob signed. He reported. You didn't see that? According to Rondo Carpenter. Wait, is it a fake Honda? People, yeah, people went nuts today for, oh, really? for the report that... <laughs> From well, Rondo Carpenter. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Last Sunday, you guys reported Vincenzo. Well, we didn't. Vincenzo did that uh, he, didn't. he was expected. No, well. That, it, said, it said in the lead he was expected. League sources believe he will report before yeah, the is, start of the season. And then everyone ran with which it. Which everyone knows. Right. And but we, the, but, we were kind of stunned that people took it that way. That's the way you wrote it. I mean, it's. No. I I read it a thousand times and said, where are people getting this from? Because yeah. well, I, 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 saw, saw, I saw Vic Tafer then tweeted out, I said the same thing on Friday, nothing's right. changed. Yeah. And then I saw our buddy Joe Arrigo say, I said it you know last week uh, well, before, every, right. before Tafer. It's an assumption that everybody has made and that everyone around the league is saying it's going to happen. Um, there was but nothing how was different. A, how is that even something you write about? I mean, if you want to do this, we can do it. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I read the story. Look, I'll, I've could clearly was misunderstood. written. Uh, if you want to get into stories that were written by us that I didn't like, I got a couple lately. Okay, uh, but all right, but that but that one because I saw that we had reported it yeah. according to other people, so I went and said, okay, well I read Vinny's story. I said, okay, it's not in here, and then I said, where else did we write this? And then I went back to Vinny's story and said, oh, this is what people are saying. Right. This is literally what everyone has said for weeks and weeks. It's just people around the league going on record saying they believe that. You know, they believe that this will happen, which, yeah, everyone does. It's just a matter of will it. Because uh, Josh Jacobs did immediately fight back on Twitter and then delete he, it. He did He did tweet out. And then delete it. Right. Who did I tell this to? Well, it, the story didn't say it was you. Right. Now, I will say other places that do the aggregating, which we've talked about before, said Josh Jacobs says, according to the Review Journal, no, didn't happen. Never happened. That's people not reading stories. But, yeah, in that case, that was, I think, a lot of people picking up on something that was just an assumption and just around, people around the league said, yeah, I think that's going to happen, which well, I, mean, I think you, all of us do. You did see, the, what was it, the week before? Ziggler was overheard talking to the uh, crowd. To the crowd. And they're like, oh, breaking news. Like, yeah. did he, how, how did he put it? We're working on it? Or I well, think it'll get done? I think it'll get done, I think is what it's he like, said. Done. It'll that's, get done. Like, but that's literally just, what everyone just, has been just saying. Just him chatting to a fan and it's breaking news. Of course. That, that's why you cover the NFL, though, right? All that interest, all yeah, the intensity. Of course. Well, that, I mean, you know, the, we talk about it all the time, but the biggest show in the league, uh, Pat McAfee show, played that video and did like 20 minutes. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, this is not, it's not a thing. Everybody assumes that he's going to be here. Yeah. We don't know. All right, so what are the goals in Dallas? What has to be done from a roster don't, standpoint? Don't get hurt. Okay. I, so who plays? I think, play? I think they've been going back and forth. I think the plan really was for most of the starters to not even make the trip. Uh, I think that has maybe changed. Uh, we'll see who actually is there and who doesn't. I mean, if anybody's banged up, I don't think they're going to get on a plane and risk the swelling and that sort of thing. 
Um, I don't know that they're going to play, but I think there are some guys that want to. But I also don't think you like there is. It's not a it's not a solitary decision, right? You don't say, okay, Jimmy wants to play a few snaps. We're going to play him a few snaps. But the offensive line doesn't want to play, so we're not going <laughs> to yeah. play them. All right. Like, if you're going to play Garoppolo, you have to play the starting offensive line. Like, that's how – and you also have to probably play the starting receivers and that sort of thing. And, like, last week, Devontae played one play. I, I don't understand the purpose of that, but – So does uh, that ramp up to more plays this week or I think, zero? No, I think, it'll, I think it'll be zero. I think that's the plan as of today, but I do think it's changed a couple times this week. And we'll see exactly where they end up being tomorrow. It's possible you have starters play half. It's possible they don't play at all. I, I think everything's on the table at this point. Are there any jobs at the top level on the line? Are any one one line jobs open? I think so. Really? Um, I do still think the right tackle job is open. I think the right guard job is open. So who are the candidates? Uh, well, obviously, Jermaine Illuminor, the returning starter at right tackle, it appears there Munford has beat him for the job and that he'll be the starting right tackle, but I think that is still open. Are you watching Twitter? Now, whether that means, what, for Illuminor? Yeah. Whether that means Illuminor then tries to play guard, which he has really fought back against, uh, or if he's the backup tackle, because he did play left tackle last week and Colton Miller didn't play. It's possible he's a swing tackle, especially Brandon Parker now being out. Uh, that becomes a very, real possibility How, for him. Let me just ask on him, because that's a joke about him going to Twitter. He's very vocal, yes. very reactionary. Is he going to flip out if he's the sixth offensive lineman, the swing tackle? That's not that's not a bad position. No, I don't know if he will on Twitter. I I will say, and you know, I have a pretty good relationship with Jermaine. Um, I would tell him if I were to talk to him. Body language hasn't been great when he's been backup. Like when he's on not the field the start, or off. when he's not the starter taking reps in practice. Ah, it's not a great. I'm not clapping. It doesn't look that great. he's the backup. I'm clapping that. You, I don't think you're a person who recognizes body language, but I think it means a lot in football. Yeah. I think coaches believe it means no, a I, lot. I would say. Especially when, if you're going to be the rotational tackle or even a guy who can play four of the five positions, they don't want freaking slouching and a puss on your face. Sure. Uh, and I would say, I would say it's. I would say definitely the coaches have to have noticed. It's not. It's not been great. Well, I get tweeted at for body language. This. Maybe. Okay. We'll see. Um, We're not running this live, so it'll be kind of buried. Uh, right guard, I think, is still open too. I think uh, Van Roten has probably won the job from Alex Bars, which means do they keep Alex Bars around? I don't. He's not really in the same position as Luminor. He what? might be starter or cut. Really? That's it's possible. Why? Uh, kind of, you know, he's got some years under him. He's a veteran. Like, if you're not going to be the starter. We'd rather have a developmental guy, uh, one of the, one of the guys that are kind of battling behind you, probably, uh, as a as a swing guard. Uh, but we'll see how they how they handle that potentially if he doesn't win the job, which he still could. But I think right guard and right tackle are both probably still open. Um, I do think Michael Mayer has probably won the starting tight end job, but okay, uh, Austin Hooper certainly being the veteran that he is, I think they'll use two tight ends a lot. But if they have one tight end first play of the game, who's the who's in there? Probably Michael Mayer. Okay. Um, so is, is so that, those, is, those is that in an offense? Obviously, Jacob's position is up in sure. the air right now until he comes in. I think on offense, that's about it. Okay, so let's let's stick with this. So you got a battle at right tackle, right guard, kind of a tight end. This is a good thing. Yeah. Like, Because I, I think some people will look at it and go, Wait, they don't know exactly who's going to be the, like. They don't have a definitive guy at three different positions. What this also is let's, terrible. Let's I, say they might. I, I, I look at his glass glass overflowing. 
Because I don't feel like the Raiders have always had great depth at all positions, and I'm not saying they do, but what you just described on offense means there's been real battles, and if Bars is around, the other guys will be around. That's nice. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's you know it's a good spot to be in, especially because you know last year there was a lot of questions about the offensive line. Everybody said they were going to be terrible. They were actually middle of the pack. They were okay. They had all five starters back, and two of them might not win their jobs, despite being in the, in the competition. Like, that's probably a good thing for the offensive line. Yeah. You know, you're developing a guy like Thayer Munford. You're developing a guy, uh, you know, like Dylan Parham, who's a locked-in starter at this point. So uh, those are all good people, things. Munford was picked in what round? Seventh. Okay. And, oddly, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty great story. And trust me, it'll come up again this year because they play. Thayer Munford, and this is wild because you don't think of scouts overreacting. Thayer Munford probably was a third or fourth-round pick, if not for one highlight where he got absolutely abused by Aiden Hutchinson. And it was played over and over and over and over again. They play the Lions this year. So, uh, trust me, it's Monday Night Football. They're going to play that play a million times. But I do think Thayer Munford would have been drafted much higher if not for that play. Damon, I want your permission. Can we beat a joke to death on the show or not? No, go for it. Okay. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? What? Well, what kind of size are we talking about with Thayer Munford? What kind of what? Size. I mean, it's a long setup. 6'3", 215. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just thinking, what a mammoth <laughs> what a mammoth human being he is. So that's the other thing. It's a, a guy who got beat. 6'3", you know, 215. Yeah, he's not. What with do you think? blonde hair. <laughs> with blonde hair. Oh, I forgot about that one. What do you think? I think he's 6'3", 215. No, he's not. I think he is. What are we looking at? 6'8"? Six, 6'... Six, oh boy, he was not happy with me two weeks ago. What happened? You, you underreported his height and weight? No, over. He d- he did a podium in yeah. the media room, and often last year when I would talk, when I would interview him, when the interview was over, I would just give him a go blue right at the end, and he didn't like it very much. But it was a running kind of thing. Yeah. And as he was leaving the media room, yes, uh, like two weeks ago when he was leaving, I just yelled go blue, and he just came back and he's like, who said? That? And he looked at me, he's like, ah, he knew it. Why do you keep doing it? Why not? You went to Ohio State. You're, you're actually setting up expectations. You went to that school. You usually diminish expectations when it comes to Michigan. You're hey, feeling good about him, aren't you? A little bit. Oh, look at him. He's chuckling. Usually a little he tries bit. to. Oh, is that right? It's going to be a okay, good year. Okay, no, no, no coach. First three weeks. Yeah, it's going to be Some tough. tough challenges. It's going to be tough. We'll be out there for the UNLV game. Coming up, Mark McMillan checks in his uh, first spot of the football season. He's with us every Friday at 3.30. The former Eagle. And, man, he's been cooking all week long, all summer long. And, of course, uh, he was on a uh, big-time TV show, so we'll get a final recap of some of the uh, TV food action since the show. It's time for Grillin' McMillan with ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan on Cofield & Company. All right, seen Mark a couple times over the summer, but he's back. He's back on Fridays as a regular. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. What's up, Mark? What's going on? What's, what's going on, man? I like that Grillin' McMillan intro, man. I oh, like yeah. it, man. He's making me hungry. Yes, yes. Uh, you're making me hungry with all the food photos and, and videos up online. Um, you, had, uh, you had a meeting today. You don't have to get into the meeting, but I have a feeling since you were on Gordon Ramsay's show, Next Level Chef, on a Fox, that you have been a very busy man getting a lot of pitches, and now you actually, now you actually kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to do, right? Yeah, man. It's going pretty good, man. We got something in the world uh, with our you know, big with that. Uh, we've got something big that we're going to be doing with uh, the football, uh, football, 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 
it, it, we got a lot of good stuff in the fire, man. Like I said, being being on the show, man, definitely helped out a lot. Good deal. Good deal. Hey, Damon, let's see if we can get uh, Mark in a more solid spot. So we're, we're breaking up a little bit. You are, like, furiously scanning the computers. Anything going on in terms of cuts or anything? No. I have a... No. I was looking at all my uh, cooking opportunities also. What is that? Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of people contact me about my no amazing ability you. to make food. No, no one's I have a lot of opportunities you. on the horizon. I believe you've done probably 500 Raider interviews uh, on radio and, and satellite around the country, so... Sure. I know that's happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I did one last weekend with our buddy Dan Jacobs. And after I got done, I'm like, you know what? Call Adam. I didn't tell him, but I'm just like, call Adam. He's all over this. Because I really, I don't, I don't have a good read on the Raiders. Well, I don't think anybody does. I, I mean, I I figured you guys had a little, a little better read, but I, I, my, my problem is I don't know really what they want to do with Jacobs, which we're going to get to. And what the goal is this year. I still haven't figured it out. I, I haven't either. I mean, they're, they should be tanking, but they're not playing like they are. They're not, they're not making moves like they are so I, I don't know right uh mark is back up all right mark so uh Hello. let's get in, yeah let's get into a little football here so I, I was just asking adam do you have a good read on what the raiders are, are trying to do i know you've been out at camp you've been out of practices i still like is it gung-ho go for it this year try to get eight nine ten eleven wins or are they trying to play both sides of this like win but if it doesn't happen then we'll be in a good position for the draft what's your read um, like I said, it, it's hard to read. Um, you know, I don't know if they're trying to play in a good position with a draft. So they made some really good picks uh, in this year's draft. Uh, they picked up some key free agents. Um, I think they, uh, you know, helped out in some of their needs, especially in the secondary. Uh, they addressed the D-line situation. Uh, so you never know. It, it, uh, I don't have a pulse on this team. And, uh like Adam said, you just don't know if they're really trying to go for it. Um, I would think they were trying to go for it with all the money that they spent. You know, ah, damn. Bad luck. All right, Damon. Well, uh, we'll try to try to rebook Mark for maybe later in the show if he's home a little bit later on. But no luck there. Yeah. Phone sucks sometimes. Yeah. It happens. All right. So I do want to launch into what's going on with running backs around the National Football League. What do you mean? Well... You didn't hear uh, Dave Ziegler, so what do you mean? What's going on? There's something in Indianapolis? <laughs> what was Ziegler's comments on, uh, along those lines yeah. with, with he, Taylor? He said, I don't really – I don't pay attention to what's going on there. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I know he's not being serious, and if that were the case, then they, he does need to resign. <laughs> of course. Because the Jonathan Taylor situation, to me, is incredibly relevant of course. to what's happening with Josh Jacobs. I made the pitch yesterday. I tell you, we have – we have varying opinions with the company, but for the most part, you guys are all now in line, along with Bischoff in the morning, that, eh, the running back, you know, don't spend money on it. You don't need him. Um, I'm not there yet, and I still I don't completely buy into the Super Bowl winner. I know it's been a good sample size. You just don't need a high-paid running back. Um, I still think there's value with these running backs. And yesterday I, I threw it out with Taylor being on the market and Taylor trying to make deals, I think it's a perfect opportunity for the Raiders to shadow what's going on, and if they see something good, they should be talking to the same exact teams. And maybe not try to steal the deal by sending Jacobs instead of Taylor going to that place, but watch very closely, and if there's an interesting offer out there, I think this is the perfect time to move Jacobs. I, I think Josh Jacobs is awesome. I Raiders need him this year. 
They don't have a suitable replacement, although I think they could come up with a plan to try to replace some of the production. So when Ziegler says that, he's joking. Do, do you agree with me that, well, that, that Taylor, Taylor, gives, Taylor gives you a chance to kind of see what the market is? And I actually think, I think the Raiders have the better player. Now, Candy pushed back against that yesterday yeah, as well. I, I, I think Jacobs is better than Jonathan Taylor. I don't. But I, I base it mostly close. on durability. And also, I'm not sure attitude-wise where Taylor is. And, I'm, again, I'm almost never anti-player when it comes. Like, I understand. This can be very frustrating when you don't feel appreciated. He's got a real jackass for an owner who, you know, that would irk me. Yeah. That would irk me, what Ursay said. But No, I mean, I, I think they're close. I think Taylor's a little bit better. But I, I think you're right to the extent of where they are. Now, the problem is Jonathan Taylor is – so is Josh Jacobs, two, say two of the top five running backs in the league. And I don't think the market's there for either one of them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like whatever they want to fight and I'm on their side. Right. I'm on their side of like fight this, try to get try to get paid, try to get something different. We need to get a different structure for running backs like this. needs. This is a fight that needs to happen. Right. But the problem is the, this should be the two best examples. Like these guys should be available and teams should be like, here's seven ones like freaking out. They're not. Yeah, I don't expect They're either. Being, I don't expect either either one to fetch a one. Neither do I. But that, I, that's I, the point. I I think they could fetch a two and then another good conditional pick based on performances coming year. Uh, but I also think I'm getting jacked up about this because I'm seeing rumors that the Eagles, the Dolphins, uh, Bears have made calls. But they could also be making calls going, "We'll give you a four right. with you know conditional to a three. Their I, offers may all suck. Where so then at I, that point it's just not worth it. And by the way. I actually think the Colts want the offers to suck. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I, I think Ursay so dug in on this thing, I think he wants to be able to go you know, go uh, to Camp Taylor and find out, like, oh, really? No one would offer a damn thing for yeah. you, huh? Yeah. Shut up and play. No, that, that, and, that's, and that's the point. And that's that, that, this right here, them being available, tells you all you need to know about the fact that it does need to change. Like, it needs to change. These guys need to get paid yeah. in a different way. It can't because teams don't want to eat up their cap with running backs because the, the value they don't believe is there. But they deserve to get paid like right away. No, no more of this rookie scale. They, they can play. They can build it a different way than they build other positions. Running backs need to get paid differently. It just needs to happen. And this tells you all you need to know because I think you're right. I don't think the offers are. you know Even if four or five teams have offered, it's not first-round picks. You don't think the Dolphins will be most aggressive? They very well could be. But do you think? Do you, do you think the doll, Do you believe McDaniel would want a bell cow running back and use him sort of out of the San Fran style? Yeah, I think I mean, he's a run. He's a run guy by nature. Like, so are the Eagles. Totally fine with but it. the thing is, sure. the Eagle. It seems like the Eagles have. Eagles have like ha- nine guys. Their, their lineman's awesome. Or their line is awesome, and they also told Sanders to hit the bricks. Yeah, and you know. Well, they, I mean, they'll, they use, in- they'll use Swift for the time. And they brought in Penny. They brought in Penny and Swift, and, yep. essentially two first-round running backs. So it's like, hey, well, we can spend you know ten million on a running back room and not on one guy. Yeah, if that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what they've decided to do. Uh, that's what almost all teams have decided to do. Do you think the Bears, based on who Justin Fields is right now, could and he's not his money's coming up, but they could make a, a two or three year expenditure, a little higher in a running back, and just be freaking monster run team? It could be, and that, I mean that's what. When we always talk about rookie quarterbacks and their deals, that's the that's the reason they're beneficial because you can, quote unquote, take chances or take risks or do things that other teams won't do because you are saving on a quarterback. So they're in a position to be able to do it. Uh, 
a couple, you mentioned a couple other teams that are too. Ironically, the Raiders really aren't. They don't have salary cap space, which is wild. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, th- those teams are in position to do it, and they they could they could do it. But it's going to require not only giving up a lot, but also paying a lot to Jonathan Taylor once you get him. So it's not just trading for him. Right now, if, if Jonathan Taylor came out and said he'll play for a different team at the same price, I think you probably could get a first round pick for him. But that's not part of the deal. You have to also I thought it was. Him. I thought it was suggested that he would take a discount if he could, if Miami would get him. But I'm saying, if, stay on the stay on the contract you have now. By the and by the way, just a side note on Jacobs, like it sounds like one of the issues that he has that he wants the Raiders to guarantee before he comes back that they won't do this again next year, and they won't do that either. Now they won't do it. Right, they're not going to tag him again next year, but he wants that guaranteed to him before he comes back. Is that legal? In no, the system? Not really, but they they can do it. Uh, verbal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which they don't have to honor, but... Right. I mean, that's what we're dealing with with Harden, right? I mean, in the NBA side, Harden was promised, hey, just go ahead and sign this deal. Yep. We'll get you out of here. And then they said, well, we're good. But, I mean, that's, that's what Jacobs, it sounds like, wants. Like, enough of the negotiating, enough of the whatever. Just don't do this again next year. Let me be a free agent next year. Like, no. So that's that's what running backs are dealing with at this point. All right, so gut feeling. I've asked this question for months now. Next week for I Jacobs? So. I think so. And no trade? I, I don't think it trades out of the question. Is there any way they would trade Jacobs in the but division? I, don't, I also don't think, maybe, but I also don't think Taylor helps. You think it's flooding the Taylor market? Taylor also being available right now yeah. is not the most ideal thing. And so, so I mean... Certainly not the same player, but we also got like Fournette out there. Like you've got guys out there. Kareem Hunt signed yet? I don't think he officially signed. Right. So but yeah, you've got. There's well, guys. That, that was. I mean, that was the other part of it. See, the thing is, for me, if the Raiders trade Josh Jacobs, and I think it does send a message about this year, are they actually going to go spend money on Kareem Hunt to try to win? No. You know, if Kareem, no, if Kareem Hunt no, will they, play for three or four they million have dollars. Samir White. Okay. What, what does that even mean? Well, he was. They invested very heavily in him in the draft. Like it's time to see him play. Because by by the way, like running again, running backs are different. You have to take advantage of them while you have them on a rookie deal. You're not drafting a guy for six, seven, eight years. You you're trying to run him into the ground for four years and then dispose of him. That's what they want to do with running backs. It's quite a development the last yeah. three, five, ten years around the National Football League. Uh, coming back, we'll get into a little uh, sports TV. We got to talk a little aces as well as they visited the White House. So plenty to come here on a Friday edition live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. So this is the time of year, I think, TV shows and radio shows shuffle the deck, right? Start introducing some new people on TV with the NFL right around the corner. Shannon Sharp finally has a home, right? Parted ways. I don't know exactly what happened with Fox. Meanwhile, Skip went bye-bye for a while, just didn't do shows. And then they kind of announced what they're going to do. We can get into that. But uh, yesterday, the, these shows are weird, man. I mean, we're weird as well. There's there's times you, like, you, you, get, you go behind the curtain on different shows. You can kind of feel what's happening with the show, right? There's a little frustration. 
So Stephen A's on yesterday, and I just think like in the middle of the show, they're like, all right, Shannon deal got done. Shannon Sharp's coming. So I forget who the lead was in for Molly Karam, which I think that's the way you say the name, although Stephen A, again, pulls back the curtain. Uh, in the middle of this announcement, here's a minute-long announcement that Shannon Sharp is going to be joining First Take, which, by the way, I'm very fired up about. I think Shannon and Stephen A together are going to be awesome. Stephen A, I understand that you have an announcement to make. Oh, you know, I honestly didn't know I had an announcement to make until literally, uh, literally <laughs> 60 seconds oh, okay, ago. Okay. But I was informed that uh, it's official. Obviously, First Take has been incredibly successful. We've been blessed and fortunate enough to be number one the last 12 years. Uh, I have all of you to thank, uh, particularly Dan, you, of course, you doing filling in for the great Molly Karam. Did I pronounce her name right? Karam, 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 okay. Molly and the rest of the crew. Uh, so I want to thank everybody here and the success that we've been able to enjoy. But it's all about not standing still and taking it to another level. And uh, official this morning, Mr. Shannon Sharp will be joining the crew. Uh, he will be joining First Take. It is official. Shannon Sharp is coming to First Take. He will debut uh, Monday, September 4th. He will be on here every Monday and Tuesday with yours truly. Okay. There you go. There was a lot in there. There was. <laughs> well, so, uh, have, have he and Molly got into it about the pronunciation of her last sound, name? Sounds like it. Well, you would think okay. he would know, being, having worked with her for a long time, that he would know how to do it, but he clearly doesn't. Uh, were you were you being company man when you threw to that clip? Why? What'd I do? You're like, you think it's going to be good. No, I do really do. I like Shannon. The, I, first of all, Shannon Sharp is terrible. Stephen I thought, Smith is terrible. I thought, I thought Shannon was the best thing <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to set the bar low. I thought Shannon was really entertaining. I think he, most of his stuff is very natural. Well, what you saw at the Laker game when he was ready to fight, uh, you know, the entire Grizzlies team. Sure. I think I, he gets fired up. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Stephen A is good. Um, I understand the rest of you guys, and especially in media, get all mad that there's bits and people are making tens of millions of dollars and we can't do it. Uh, you think we're lowering ourselves, but I, I think it's going to be a good show, and I think it's going to be there are no more water coolers. Uh, it's essentially, the, the internet with videos, you yeah. know, TikTok and such, is the new water cooler, but I, I think it's going to be good. Damon, are you with Adam? Who's, it sounds like Adam thinks it's going to stink. First off, I want to say, Adam, you're a hater because I think <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, here's the thing. The show, to me, and I, maybe you're going to fight back on this, the show's never once been good or 